The WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF <coughs> Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley here, along with Ann Clapp. Morning, Ann. How you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Good. Brother Rufus Edmonston is uh, with us, former Attorney General and Secretary of State, and uh, Deputy Chief Counsel on the Senate Watergate Committee and the Secretary General of Gardening now. Morning, sir. How are good you today? And recovering from all that, as yeah. I've mentioned before. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've been through it with you for these recovery years. <laughs> I'm 15. More than 15. I think you joined the show uh, 05, 06, somewhere in there, because we were on uh, North Carolina People in 06, and I remember talking to you about it. Right. Uh, so some, maybe around 06 is when you joined the show. So, I, I think that's about right. So you've been on um, – 16 years. Mm. I wonder how I've been run off. <laughs> it's a wonder you haven't run yourself off. I mean, I'm, I'm just uh, surprised you enjoyed it that much, but I, I guess you do. I guess you're you still a, here. You get addicted to this good company and the, yeah. the people out there in the audience. Well, we do have some good people out yeah, here. Yeah, that's right. Yes. One of them is Paul McKenzie. He's an yeah, extension yeah. agent in Warren and Vance County. Do you just get addicted to being on the show or I what? Think that, I think that's a pretty good description yeah yeah it's it's a hoot it's fun being here in the studio with these good folks yeah, yeah it's a blast well good so it's just not made up i mean our laughing and all that stuff is not <laughs> is not made up no but, there's uh, a laugh track <laughs> now this is not a reality show <laughs> no this is uh this is real no that yeah yeah this is this is real this is the way it at least it's the way it ought to be uh, sometimes it's not it's not reality in broadcasting, but it, it uh, with this show, you know, it's different from from everything else that's on, that's on radio right now. I don't hear anything else like this. There aren't a lot of the the small radio stations. Everything's been swallowed up. They're big, you know, owned by national companies. We're about the only locally on, and literally, Mr. Curtis, you know, has, has been in Raleigh. Since um, you know, 19, he bought the station in 1991, and he had uh, been the the uh, basically the president of Durham Light Broadcasting in the early 80s before he left. So, you know, it's uh, it's locally owned, and uh, a, he owns a lot of stations, and plus the North Carolina News Network. So, you know, this is North w- Carolina WATA in Boone, North right, Carolina. And, yeah, and its sister station there, and, and uh, of course. Uh, you know, there are stations all over the place that, that uh, in North Carolina that Mr. Curtis owns. So uh, live and local, <laughs> that's what we are here. It's, uh, it's live. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. So, Paul, how you been, buddy? Oh, doing well, yeah. Count my blessings every day. You know, I was uh, – I, I should have, of course – I have to take you, you and Johnny, when I can get you. But uh, in a couple of weeks, something we've been working on for years, and finally, uh, 
uh, last October, we were pretty sure we were going to do it. And now uh, I'm positive we're going to do it. The broadcast from the governor's mansion in two oh, weeks. Oh, very nice. good. And uh, I, th- I think uh, Tom Campbell, I was hoping, was going to be with us. Tom is not going to be able to be with us. He's always – he's retired now. He likes that river, doesn't he? I don't know that, that that's what they he's he's very active with the Methodist Church. Right. And he's he's uh he's doing I know he's doing something in June cuz I I I'm supposed to go to a wedding on June 18th and I tried to get him to come fill in for me, but he couldn't do it cuz he was I think at Methodist conference, which is a really big deal for the Methodists, you know, that a lot goes on there, rules are made and and Preachers who are there at a church, Methodist church, four or eight years, they sometimes, you know, they get reassigned, and there's a lot of hullabaloo. So he's involved with that. I can't remember what he told me. He just got off a cruise. He just finished with a cruise. So uh, he's uh, he's doing all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, so we're going to be at the governor's mansion. And, uh, I mean, you if, you, if you're a, – off the twenty third, you can come join us. I'll check my calendar. Okay, yeah, <laughs> uh, I've got. I know Nelsa and Pam Beck. We'll see Pam Beck oh. for the first time in a couple of years. She's been on the phone, and she lives way up north. She'll be with us at the governor's mansion, and Nelsa and uh, Phil Campbell. Oh, too. great, nice. <clears throat> well, somebody quipped that that'll be fun. When I ran for governor and didn't make it, uh, I said, "Well." I'm going to be on the radio show. That'll be the closest I get to becoming governor, I reckon. That's right. And you missed the one. And that was 20, 2011. You were you were not on the show every week back no, then. No, I, I was coming and, periodically. Because you were traveling more. And uh, so you missed out on that. So we didn't um, – you didn't get a chance to do it. But this time you will. And I think that Governor Purdue was – was uh, in office then, but it was Mother's Day weekend. We were invited over by Gerald Adams, who was uh, the curator of the grounds there at the time. But she was heading out. She headed out before we even got there to Greensboro for uh, UNCG to give a commencement address there. So we didn't get to have her on, but uh, I think we'll, we will have the governor and first lady make an appearance. Well, he, he mentioned to me he was – Looking forward to our coming. Oh, good! And as you well know, his his wife. Well, she knows everything about that. She knows everything hmm. about that the grounds. Hmm. She just when we visited, my general manager Chris and uh, Rufus and I visited in October, and she just uh, she just happened to be there, and she she, you know. Led us around the gardens. We've got a personal tour. Nice around the nice. around the grounds, and um, you know it's it's beautiful. I remember I saw this patch of uh, longleaf pines, and I said, "Well, I've tried to grow one, can't get it to do." And she said, "You got to plant more than one." Yeah, they they get lonely apparently. <laughs> but she she has found there they look very healthy. They're on the south side of uh, mm-hmm. where we'll be broadcasting up on that porch. I'm assuming. And uh, they're they're not far from that. You can see them. You, you can actually see them. They're kind of to the front of the building. You can see them uh, if you're if you're driving down Blunt Street, going toward downtown. You'll you'll see them on the left side of uh, 
the executive mansion. So, so we'll we'll see what we can do with that. Next week we'll be at the State Farmers Market, so that'll be a lot of fun too. Yeah, I'll have a, a three or four freshly potted rows of Sharon. So I'm just warning <laughs> you now: if you want to get something, they'll grow. No hellebores. They'll grow very uh, well. I can dig up a bunch of those. I promise you that. Yeah. If you want to grow something that will look pretty and have a lot of offspring and get you a rose of Sharon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you either like them or sometimes people don't. They, some some people think they're just terribly invasive. And, you know, the rose of Sharon can be too, but so can red buds and pine trees uh-huh. and oak trees and a lot of other things. So I don't I don't get it. You, you know, it's uh, be thankful something like the hellebore, which – you know, as long as you don't plant it in full sun, can can work pretty well in most landscapes, and you know, cover areas that maybe other things won't grow, and you get kind of an interesting bloom in the winter. Yeah, it's always nice to have something blooming in the winter. And yeah. it will it, last. I've got I, I've got them still lasting uh, from the starting very early in the uh, the winter. So it's just a, it's a beautiful plant. Well, the thing is, you just need to understand the characteristics of what you're planting, and you know, be prepared to manage it. Um, and if you're planting something that spreads, there's a place for that. We're going to have uh, Michael Lang, who is the president of uh, Black Cow, on, and they're one of our. I, I mean, it may be a toss-up. I think Permatil is probably our oldest sponsor black cow is probably second if i'm right about that we go back a long way with uh, the farmer's market i mean back into the 40s actually with them but or at least the 50s they uh, used to be part of the farm hour uh, somebody would talk to the to the market manager every day so uh we you know we have some very loyal people and Michael Lang is one of them. He was supposed to be on last week, but he'll, he'll join us uh, this morning, hopefully. 919-860-9783. Wow, we already have four people on here. Bob is first. Bob, good morning. Hey, that's me. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Hey, how can we help you this morning? Well, I apologize in advance for this not being a gardening question, but you've been talking about broadcast history, so I think this is may, may not be totally out of line. Uh, all of a sudden, one day, I realized that Rick and Donna were not on the air. What happened to them? Uh, Rick's mother uh, has a uh, very serious medical condition, and Rick decided that it was, uh, they're from Arizona. Yeah. Uh, they decided that it was uh, time to go home. Okay. That, uh, that he he needed to take care of his mom, so that's well, I it. Admire him for that. Okay. Well, thank you, right. Bob. Any any gardening questions or any other broadcast questions? You know, it, it, we don't have any problems here, so I'm apparently we're following your advice very well. Well, I'm so glad, Bob. Thanks for for calling okay. and uh, okay. asking about Rick and Donna. And all right, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Have a good Bye. day. Yes, sir. Bye. Andy is with us in Raleigh. Andy, good morning, our WPTF. Hey, good morning. I saw Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google. Hey, how about that? Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Richard is next on WPTF. 
Hey, Richard. Morning. Uh, uh, I was over at uh, State Farmer's Market this weekend, uh, a couple days ago, and I saw they had uh, curly parsley, so I, I wondered what happened to the parsley for Larry and Moe. I don't I have no idea, Richard. Well, uh, you always need You just blindside us every, every time you call with <clears throat> things that we can't answer. I, I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, uh, the other thing... Uh, just wanted to let people know about the again about the state climate office. If they go to Station Scout, they can uh, go to your local uh, station. Uh, the one I usually go to is on Lake Wheeler, and it's got a lot of great information: the soil temperature for planting and things of that nature. Oh, huh. really great! You know, I didn't re- I didn't really know that. It, I, I've been out been out there before and. You know that's it's a, it's a really pretty place. So you kind of get lost in that, and you don't. I mean, think about uh, Rufus. Have you ever have you ever noticed that? Well, no. The the thing that I am addicted to down there is the howling cow ice cream place. <laughs> which well, is, which is down. Well, that's a little different. That, that's uh, that's <clears throat> a little different. That's a different statistic. And uh, well, the the other thing uh, uh, I was looking through some old literature. Uh, in some newer literature, Craig's book on uh, epic tomatoes, and I think he mentioned in there sulfur. Well, I used the sulfur around the roses this year. Of course, uh, it seems incompatible with the uh, aroma of the uh, age-old Queen Elizabeth, but it was really effective in uh, eliminating the uh, rest. The leaves look better. The uh, bugs are gone. And uh, I've incorporated a little bit of that for some pH management into my tomato garden. I'm right at 6.8 on the pH, so that looks good. But uh, it's it's an old uh, remedy for uh, a lot of different pathogens, apparently. Uh, uh, The test will be in the tomatoes. Yeah. Any comment, uh uh, yeah, sulfur is a common active ingredient in, in certain fungicides that can be used in, in the garden and landscape. So, yeah, um, and also as a as a soil amendment, if your soil test report comes back and it says that your pH is too high, um, you can incorporate sulfur into the soil to lower it. Um, you may run into that issue sometimes if you're trying to grow centipede grass or blueberries or azaleas or rhododendrons or camellias, some of those um, uh, those, those handful of, of types of plants that like that lower pH. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, on the lower pH and also uh, I'm having a successful takeover of, of moss in certain areas and What's interesting is uh, the the grass would not hold because of the velocity. When grass will not hold uh, against erosion in the velocity over two, over two and a half feet per second, but yet the, the moss seems to be resistant to it. So I'm tickled to death that the moss is taking over. Well, I I encourage people who really don't have time to take care of a shady landscape to encourage. You don't have to do a whole lot. Yeah, when I get the calls about how do I get rid of the moss in my lawn, I, you know, I I try to encourage them to think about, well, do you really want to get rid of the moss? I mean, it, it, it's holding the soil in place. Uh, you know, I, I mean, arguably it can look attractive, um, easy to maintain. 
so it has has a lot of uh, possible benefits for you. Yeah. And if you've got moss, it probably indicates that you've got conditions that are going to be hard to grow turf grass. Absolutely. You have root competition, shade. You've got acidic soil uh, and compacted soil. Yeah. yeah. All of those things. So if you're going to try to get rid of the moss, you've still got to address those underlying issues yeah. in order to be able to get a good state of And if of you don't, the moss is going to come back. But in yeah. the meantime, you know, what are you going to cover it up with? Mm-hmm. It looks looks better sometimes than uh, mulch, sometimes better than leaves. It just depends on, on what you have. Now, you could plant things there, but there are only so many things. You could plant hellebores. Hellebores, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hellebores would work Work well in in a situation like that, but yeah. I kind of like I kind of like the moss. It doesn't bother me. Weeds don't bother me as much as they used to. So, well, where are the shadiest gardens in the country? Uh, Alcatraz, <laughs> Washington D.C. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. That's that's kind of yeah. that's kind of a slam on uh, politicians, Rufus. Do you have any? Have well, no. Remember, I'm recovering, Richard, so it doesn't bother me. <laughs> and that's the virtuous uh, as you can get. Darn! I thought I was going to be uh, get you one up there, Richard, when I said Alcatraz, but you you got me again. I'm well, sorry. Well, actually, uh, when I was in the Navy, uh, I visited Alcatraz. Oh. And uh, one of those tours, and yeah. I looked at it and I said, well. Darn, they've got about the same uniform I've got on. Uh, they live inside of steel. I live inside a, a steel ship. Uh, my prison moves. Their stays put. <laughs> 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 and not only that, they got more square feet than I did in the Navy. What kind of ship were you on? A fast frigate. Oh, okay. I was fairly small then. Yeah. You didn't have... Did y'all uh, shift, uh, t- have shifts, and, and oh, yeah. several yeah. of you use the same bunk? No, we didn't have to do hot bunks like they did on some of the subs. But uh, we still had uh, still had 40 people in my compartment. Wow. Oh, and the, the uh, uh, officers uh, had, unless you were the captain, had to uh, have two to a room. Uh, the, the prisoners got their own rooms. <laughs> Gee whiz. <laughs> you have to be captain to get there. <laughs> well, Richard, you have a nice day. Y'all have a great one. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 919-860-9783. Dave is in Raleigh. Dave, good morning. Hey, good morning. Yes, sir. How can we help you? Well, um, I came home the other day to find the equivalent of a logging camp going on in my uh, yard. And my lovely wife had taken out a bunch of trees, but here's my question. We had a bunch well, of we can't help you with any marital problems, Dave. <laughs> I've already heard Rufus charged so. 400 bucks an hour. Yeah, he, uh, he, he would be very expensive. for. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of chainsaw did she use, a steel? Did she do it by herself? No, no, she hired somebody, so uh, that's good. She yeah. has a bad back. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, we have a, a row of ligustrum across the back of the yard. And they had grown rather tall over time and, you know, not very thick on the, on the lower levels. And you guys had talked about a few weeks ago about, you know, knocking them down and letting them grow out and they'll fill in more. And we have ligustrum in the yard that are very thick and, you know, very hedge-like. Um, these things right now look like someone performed crepe murder on them. Mm-hmm. And so they basically have nothing on them. 
And some of the, uh, I'll call them trunks, are rather thick and don't have a lot of uh, stems coming off them. So the question I've got for you is, is there anything you can do to encourage more growth, given that I've got a bunch of living vertical trunks right now right. with not a whole lot of green on them? Well, assuming that they have a healthy root system, I would say that uh, if you've got full sunlight, that no. should uh, – well, you don't have full sun- sunlight. No, these are, these are somewhat shaded. All right, Paul, what do you, do you think I, uh, he's going to – I think there's a pretty good chance they'll – They'll resprout and, and and fill back in. The, the sunlight's going to be issue an issue. I, I, I think ligustrum is a full sun plant, mm-hmm. so you know in the long run you may be faced again with you know looking a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that's the reason that they were like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that was um, the um, the other question I've got that we've been kicking around. I said I would ask the experts on Saturday morning. Are would it make sense to either cut out the bigger the thicker ones, uh, the thicker trunks that are kind of bunched or clustered together uh, on each of these, and let the smaller ones do their work. Um, or question number two is, is there a way you can notch them or do anything to encourage growth in certain spots? Like Because they tend to grow, you know, when you cut them. How, how, seem... t- how tall are the trunks that are left? The trunks that are left are five Maybe. And how tall were the um, ligustrums before they were cut? Double that. Okay. Um, and um, were they? Uh, you said that they were a little thin at the bottom, but up at the top, did they have good vigorous growth each year? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I might have cut them a little bit shorter. I, I, I mean, you know, our general rule of thumb with heavy pruning on shrubbery is no more than about a third. Um, mm-hmm. But there are certain species like Budlea and Nellie R. Stevens holly, and, and I would put ligustrum in that co- category most likely that would tolerate a pretty vigorous cutting back yeah. um, and, and are very likely to re-sprout if they're healthy. Uh, but I might go ahead and cut them back a little bit shorter, and that'll you know that way your sprouts will come from lower and mm-hmm. you'll be more likely to have it fill in <clears throat> at the bottom. Um, and then maybe you can keep it trimmed a little bit better to where it stays a little bit more full. Uh, the, the shade is going to kind of be an ongoing issue, but um, I, I might go ahead and cut them back another half. Should he fertilize? Fertilizing wouldn't hurt. You know, a good slow-release fertilizer. would that, That'd be, you know, as far as what can you do to encourage growth, that's it. That encourages green growth. It yeah. doesn't encourage blooming right. plants. Right. Well, Dave, I had a very, a very thick hedge of ligustrum and decided that it was sort of shady so i took out every other one and it let more sunlight in and they went crazy huh. it's 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 up now just beautiful that's yeah if that's a good point if they're if they're a little too close together and you can go to the extension plant toolbox and find out okay what's the the the, the spread at maturity for this plant and if your distance between between plants is more than you know half that, then you can consider thinning them out a little bit. And with Dave, we've got to move on to the news. Does that pretty well help, or you need to hang on? No, that's great. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for listening. Hope that helps. Let us know. Thanks. All right. See you guys. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up on WPTF.
Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back at 839-839-919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. We'll be at the State Farmer's Market next week. Rufus will bring plants, and uh, we will have a couple of folks uh, from the uh, Durham County Extension Office, including the extension agent, is going to this uh, do a one-time only thing. She she's uh, has a big family and uh, she can't get away. But she uh, she's going to Janelle, who was on with us, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago, maybe maybe in February. Mm-hmm. Will uh, is going to bring her. Said she'd bring her. So they they're coming out. I so, hope so. Uh, <laughs> Ashley, the Ashley Troth. Ashley's going to be with us. Yes, she. Oh yeah, Janelle and Ashley are terrific. They're super smart. So yeah, they really yeah, are. Yeah, uh, and um, so I, I didn't, I didn't know until they're, they're way smarter than me. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, wow. Well, I, I, I know I mean, Janelle. That's not a, that's not Janelle a high just bar, got a PhD in, in, in something. Do, it's Doctor Troth and and Doctor Olitz. Oh, Ashley's Ashley's got a PhD too. Yeah, gosh, there are a lot of them in in you know our our uh, Wake County extension. Doctor Myers, Doctor Myers. Yeah, yeah. We got we got folks. We've got some smart people. Really and smart. I, I mean, that is honestly one of my favorite parts of the job is the opportunity to interact with all of these super smart extension agents across the state. There, there's well, some amazing people. Well, just because you haven't gotten a PhD, you and Johnny doesn't mean, and Mart <laughs> doesn't mean you're not uh, very intelligent. You well, have to be you. to to be in that job. You're overly generous, but thank you. If you want to be in a job where dumb people can succeed, well, get into broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> get into broadcasting. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they, anybody can walk off the street, and it's happened before. You can walk off the street and do these shows. Oh. So, you know, don't be impressed by broadcasters. <laughs> All right, uh, 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. You aren't impressed by broadcasters, are you? This, this is why it's worth driving down here on a Saturday morning. Well, I mean, the, the, just the sheer honesty. Uh, you know, I just can't help, I can't help it. I'm sorry. Well, I'll tell you what. Next to politicians, broadcasters can make up more stuff <laughs> Than any other profession. There, there you go. No reason guy, not to trust him. We had a guy in Boone and I grew up at WATA, and he he had most of the county convinced that there was a tunnel from where I grew up in a little, little farm neighborhood to Boone. And they would call and said, how do I find the tunnel? <laughs> you know, that, and that could have been believable. <laughs> You know, with war, you know the Cold War and and all of that stuff. I mean, that, yeah, bomb shelters. I'll, I'll have to play someday Johnny Hood and and Bart Rittner on Gabfest, which was a very popular. This was a show, a fifteen minute show. That's all, fifteen minutes, and it extended. They the next hour they would have something called the the, the North Hills Show, sponsored by North Hills, because it was so Gabfest was so popular. Uh, and various people did it, usually uh, Bill Jackson and Wally Osley, but I think they were the first. But, Char- I mean, Charlie Gaddy was was involved with it and, and, you know, just so many people over the years. But at any rate, Bart and Johnny, they just kind of make stuff up or just chit-chat about really interesting things, and they wouldn't 
sit around at a meeting and come up with this stuff. It was ad lib. Oh, oh yeah. So uh, they came up with macaroni plants growing in, in Sampson yeah. County. <laughs> I, I remember that one well. And, and I, I've, I've played it before. I'll play it again sometime. Well, that – But, I mean, they had people going. Well, they had that, people going out to the farmer's market asking for, for uh, macaroni plants. Yes. Well, that's part of what makes this show unique. You know, like you said, live and local, but also accurate information about gardening. Yeah, and you've always been such a, a a passionate supporter of cooperative extension and the research based information that we Absolutely. bring. Absolutely, and so yeah, you're unique. We are unique. Well, we had a when I grew up in Boone, listening to WATA, we had a local fellow named Mister Eggers E G G R S, who decided he wasn't a broadcaster, but he decided to have a show called Over the Back Fence. It was gossip. <laughs> and Lord have mercy, the stuff he would tell would say, Mr. and Miseries. So Miseries, yeah. <laughs> Mr. My mother said Miseries. <laughs> <laughs> Franklin County people. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, that's that's good radio to me. It's yeah. it's like this kind of radio. He got a that's lot why of I like it. I mean, this is an extension of, of um, how I learned. Now, Gary Dornberg and Wally Osley and Bart Ritter and all those people didn't come sit me down and, and hold a class with me. I walked into this place, and I had I had to figure it out myself. So my classes were watching them and listening to them. You know, the best way the to learn. Yeah. yeah it, it is in this business, I think. I don't know. Uh, 919-860-9783. What a great weekend to do some spring cleanup and enjoy your garden. It's the perfect time to fuss over newly emerging perennials and admire your flowering azaleas. And it's also the perfect time to protect your garden from damaging pests with Imos Garden Natural Repellents. Stop the deer and rabbits from eating your flowers. Stop the mold from running your, just running all over the place messing up the lawn, stop the voles from ravaging the plants. That can get really expensive. And stop the squirrels from driving you nuts. <laughs> I Must Garden has taken care in developing – that was not me, that was Marilyn. I Must Garden has uh, taken great care in developing safe and effective repellents to control wildlife damage made with natural ingredients and botanical oils. I Must Garden repellents are pleasantly scented, effective, rain-resistant, and eco-friendly. They're available as sprays, concentrates, and granular. You'll find iMus Garden repellents at your locally owned independent garden center and hardware store like Homewood Garden Center in Raleigh and the Garden Hut in Fuquay, Verena. And if we're lucky, we may hear from, from Miss Nelsa this morning at some point. I'm sure she's she's busy. Well, I hope she is. At any rate, this time of year, people are really flocking to the garden centers. By the way, I don't care whether those things are smelly or not. They drove those squirrels that I must garden away from my tomatoes. I, you know, I have I have some stored in um, in a uh, well. I was going to say the outhouse. I don't have an outhouse, yeah, but you know what I mean. And out, it, 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 the outbuild, whatever it is, where I have the lawnmower and all that stuff, and it smells good to me. Yeah, it's, it's natural spice, you know, herbs and spices. Can't beat it. All right, we'll talk to Beth coming up on the WPTF Weekend Gardener, 919-860-9783. It's 847.
You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF at 8.53. Mike Haley here, along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston, and uh, my friend Paul McKenzie from the uh, Extension Service in Warren and Vance County. Beth is with us. Beth, good morning. Morning. Hope you all are doing well. Yes, ma'am. A while ago, you were talking about the accuracy of information on gardening, which kind of leads into my statement. Um, would you mind telling the viewers uh, what Poana is? I don't have any. Well, you know, we ought to have viewers, but we don't. <laughs> we were, you know, we really ought to do that. We ought to have uh, a, a camera in here. Yeah. Uh, Poana is. Uh, is An- bluegrass annual, annual bluegrass, annual bluegrass. Mm-hmm. and it it uh it's kind of errant in its growth habits it's a weed yeah it is it is uh, considered a a weed because if you had poana all over the yard it still wouldn't look good <laughs> because it's kind of irregular in the way it grows and it grows so much taller than your than your other types of grass especially if you have warm season grass now how do we get rid of it or prevent it? Well, so Poa annua is the uh, annual bluegrass, and um, it is a weed, and, and it's particularly problematic in tall fescue because it's a grass weed in a grass crop, tall fescue being a grass and Poa annua being a grass. And so I, I don't believe there's an over-the-top um, herbicide that you can spray to get rid of it. Um, so the solution that works best is a pre-emergent. Uh, you can use a pre-emergent. Now, most folks are accustomed to applying a pre-emergent for crabgrass control in the late winter. Which you should have done. Yeah, around February right. probably. Yeah. Um, and that time frame is getting earlier and earlier with climate change. Right. Um, but the poa annua is a cool season grass weed, and so you need to put out that pre-emergent uh, in the late summer. Yeah. Um, so that, August, August for uh, chickweed and henbit and uh, poana and things like that. Mm-hmm. Does that uh, that help, Beth? Yes. I the reason I mentioned it, I got on Nextdoor app and I tried to explain that, and you wouldn't believe the, the different neighbors that got on there that went way out into left and right field about what it was that it was really well that's the way people do everything now but uh, oh i mean you you, now, you take it you take it or leave it with us right yeah. now the one thing i did learn is it's going to seed right now which means a lot of things back. are anytime you yeah. see a bloom on something right. it's going to seed and if yeah. it's a weed you're you know you got problems so if you have a relatively manageable piece of of, of grass, uh, would it be a good idea to go ahead and use a bagger to bag the seeds so they don't go back in and create more? Certainly, cer- certainly wouldn't hurt. Um, yeah, that, certainly, that, certainly getting rid of the bloom on a weed. Yeah, uh, it, as quickly as you can is a good idea, and bagging it is is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Depending on where All you right. dump well, the you where the weed dump the bag, Beth. I, w- I wouldn't dump What's it. That? Hey, what? What'd you say, Rufus? It depends on where you dump the bag of weeds. I guess uh, I guess the city's going to take it, but That's uh, not in your neighbor's yard. Right? Yeah, well, it depends on your neighbor. Oops, did I say that on the? So air? what? Yeah, what were your neighbors saying? You got crazy neighbors, Beth? Oh no, I have lovely neighbors. I, I just was on Nextdoor app uh, trying to educate the people that were sending out misinformation on on this weed, and you wouldn't believe the the 
comments I, I you know that were being put out there. So I uh-huh. well, well look up look up NCSU turf files NCSU yeah. turf files and uh, there there now. there will be a fact sheet there or, or a page there that gives you the facts. That's NC just, State's just turf management. And it's it's for uh, commercial and and for also for home gardeners uh, who want to know about their turf. There are calendars for each type of grass. Uh, there's uh, explanations of weeds, mm-hmm. photos of Wonderful. weeds, yeah. uh, turf files. They'll have a whole page just on annual bluegrass and its characteristics and how to manage it. Yeah, perfect. And well, then you can uh, take a photo of that or share it. With uh, whatever that was you were on. Yes. Uh, you know what you can tell all those people to do is listen to the Weekend Gardener. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I will definitely do that. It's just a fax, ma'am, and it don't cost you nothing. That's right. You might learn something. All right. But Beth, don't tell them to, to, to do like to I do. I'm going to Ariel Gardens today. I've never been there, and I hear they're really uh, pretty. Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But don't tell them. To they're do also a competitor, so we don't. Beth, don't tell them to do like I do. I, right. I mow everything down. And it's got every kind of weed you can think of in the world, but frequent mowings and, and to do with my bluegrass, I mowed about a month ago because I knew right now would be a prime seed time for well, that. I don't know. I I, I think it's sort of pretty. I, I I don't mind weeds anymore. I don't I don't have a lot of grass area, and um, you know I have plenty of chickweed and stuff like that and it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me it just all kind of blends in different especially this time of year different shades i love that we ride at uh out at uh, the family farm yesterday and uh looking at the trees way off in the distance the different shades of greens mm-hmm. as the leaves are coming out it's just extraordinary mm-hmm. i call that Indeed. country grass yeah yeah it's all all good all right well, have a great day and get out and enjoy this weather. Oh, yes, yes, we shall. Thank you very much. I like it cool. I, I've mentioned before my wife is the most positive person I know, and I, I've learned some from her to be uh, positive, try to look on the on the bright side of things. You got to. Yeah. It's the only way to be. Beth, thank you very much for calling. You're welcome. And carry on. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you very thank you. much. Well, we're sure glad Melissa got back from Israel all right. Thank thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We do. She uh, she had COVID while we were over there. We oh, were testing no. to get back, and she and two other people had to, had to stay there. They'd stay in a hotel. Luckily, they, this didn't happen at the airport. They would have had to stay in Israeli government housing. More of the weekend, Gardner, coming up. <laughs> 